Welcome to Sustainable 141. Welcome yourself, Arl, and welcome back. How in the name of all things stitched together are you? Sore. Oh, poor Arl. Yep. So you're going to be a bit quiet this episode, aren't you? No shouting. No, no shouting, no laughing, no proclaiming, just a steady monotone. I'm going to see it as my mission over the course of this episode to get something to rupture in your, in your oh, delicate Jesus. areas. And not for the first time. We are Sustainable. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast all about people and the planet. Ain't we all? Yep. And why, despite everything being noised, we can have a little chuckle about it every now and then. Yes? Mm. And what are we going to have a chuckle about this week then? Well, Dave, we're going to be talking about that there politics. Now, you may have mentioned, uh, noticed that a certain Theresa May is trying to... Uh, I remember her. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to achieve her principal Brexit goal, then retrieve her legacy. Golden retrieve. Her legacy. Right, right. Yep. Uh, we're also going to be talking right. about uh, <laughs> some air pollution-related stuff, particularly skincare things. You know, people are terribly worried about their pores <laughs> when it comes... <laughs> Do air pollution. I don't want to make myself laugh. It's agony. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, we're going to be talking about some inhoffs, some people who are covering bark, bark, and other bits of the tree right. in nets uh, and killing birds. So uh, that's golden retrieve her. Yes. <laughs> Pause. And bark! Dog thing! Well done, all. So, just before any of that, just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, don't we, when we're not at home lying around? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but these are very much our own views. So, if you've got any uh, beef with anything that you hear, don't question our pedigree, chum. Oh, take it up with double. Take it up with me and all, and not with anyone for whom we work. Yes? Things that make you go, Jesus, shit, oh God. So, things that make you go, oh God, no. Crikey, bloody Moses. You want to hide. This one is Brexit. The eyes to the right, 286. The nose to the left, 344. So the nose have it, the nose have it. Unlock! (sighs) I mean, I spoke to a colleague of mine what works in Brussels the other day. And you know what he said to me? Hello, Dave. Uh, (laughs) Would you like some strong lager beer? A million miles away, actually. He said that his kids, uh, they're they're so familiar with John Burko, the Speaker of the House of Commons, on the (laughs) telly, right? Because he's like, he's 
a global international celebrity now. It's almost as if he might be doing that a little bit deliberately, know, isn't it? but they're so familiar with him that these kids who are something like five and seven walk around the house in Belgium going, order, order, order. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, the, the entire world is laughing at us, Ol. Yeah. I'm laughing at us and I'm us. Oh, the only other thing, actually, that made me nearly stop voting out. Uh, what? Is I'm pissed off because obviously the borders. Yeah. I can't go to Disneyland Paris anymore. Well, it's evolved into total carnage. Yes. A complete catastrophe. Must you? Yeah. Right. Okay. I suppose, actually, to be fair, um, I did like it. What was her name? Uh, old thingy off of uh, what's it? What's her name? A BBC journalist uh, who is either very right wing or very left wing, depending. Oh, on Laura Coons. Yeah, her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she uh, she posted a link, I think, to the BBC Style Guide, pointing out the correct usage of the word cluster. Amazing. Which is, yeah, very good. <laughs> you star the U and the C, apparently. Oh, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, we need to just talk about it for a second. Now, what we're not going to talk about, all. Is the boring thing, but the, the very horrible, scary thing, which is like what any of this means for the planet, right? You want to talk about that? Go listen to episode 83, where we talked to that Amy Mount, who is proper expert in this stuff. Or indeed, go back and listen to Sam Lowe way back when. Or just like, you know, look it up, right? We're not doing that. What, okay. what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this here current cluster. F- and we're going to, I'm going to ask you some questions about it, because what I really want to talk about is, given the state of all of that, and I'm currently pointing in the general direction of Westminster, which is kind of over there somewhere, and given the state of all of that, and the fact that you've got people, like people from parties, voting against a thing they went public, they said they were going to do in the morning, and then by the afternoon voting against it, mm. and voting against what their leader says, but voting for what someone else says, and the whole thing have, looking like an episode of Countdown, with a great long list of letters that you're going to choose from. Or that, that amazing bit where somebody spoke to their own motion on behalf of the government and then voted against it yes have you been speaking to your own motion at all this week i've been saying some i've been saying some things (laughs) in the vicinity of some motions some (laughs) troublesome motions yeah constipation that's right it just means you're a bit blocked up If this is how they deal with something relatively straightforward, like extracting the entire economic base of the UK from its intermeshing with 27 other countries and the global trade order, how the hell are they going to cope with climate change? Yes. Yeah. Valid question. Yeah. Although, I mean, I guess at least you know what you're aiming for with climate change, uh, which is to try to not let it go really bad well we'll right? talk about yeah we'll talk about that let's not now let's not, oh, okay. you know, let's not but, is this but, a list of things that we're not talking about what i wanted to do was just point out though that just how ridiculous all of this is right and uh someone said a thing on twitter earlier on which i thought was quite interesting is that jim pickard off the financial oh yeah Time. i love him really i like jim pickard yeah. and he said a thing that i'm paraphrasing but something along the lines of is it possible mps are just really really confused by all this it's <laughs> like yep Yep, it's possible. But it does... I have been wondering a few times in the last week or so, like, the, the sheer pace of this thing can't... It, it cannot be possible to keep everything in your head. Like, you may be able to keep up to speed with what's happening right now, but you're almost certainly not going to be able to remember what happened last week yeah. or two weeks ago. I you can't, and that's about this podcast. Yeah, so. well, exactly. But imagine, like... And then you layer on top of that all of the shenanigans that are actually going on in terms of the party politics and the camps within camps and the parties within parties and 
all the media and the lines and everything like whipping. They, imagine uh, whipping, lots of whipping. Whipping. If anybody comes to write like the diaries of this period, it's going to look insane. But but uh, when will they possibly have time to be writing their diaries because they're constantly voting or being whipped against or whatever? Is that's oh, bewildering. We tried to break it up from the outside, but that wouldn't work. Now that we're inside, we can make a complete pig's breakfast of the whole thing. If this is a model of what happens when politicians have to decide about important stuff, how the hell are they going to... What possible hope is there for politicians doing anything about climate change, given that they can't... Or the destruction of the natural world, given that they can't agree even what they think in the morning is what they're going to vote for in the afternoon, and they can't keep up with complicated things. What's going on, Al? Should we give well, up on uh, politics? That's the question. Should we give up on politics? Uh, From an environmental point of view. Uh, well, I, th- I think there's a big difference between Brexit and, well, basically anything else, including climate change, but particularly climate change. The thing about Brexit, that, well, what other people say and whose opinions I've borrowed, is that you've got this kind of huge clash between the will of the people and the will of Parliament. Parliament didn't want to leave the EU. Parliament doesn't want a hard Brexit, but... More people than not, according to the poll, at least. Uh, Controversial. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> more people than uh, wanted to leave the EU than didn't. Uh, and so there's a big difference between political will, um, parliamentary will, and, and the will of the people, right? And the same about hard Brexit. There's a much bigger appetite for no-deal Brexit amongst the population of the UK than there is amongst politicians. So you've got this parliamentary system trying to deliver a thing it fundamentally doesn't want with climate change i don't think that's the case like i think the will of the people on climate change is don't destroy all life on earth don't well all right okay i know i don't think they necessarily will then go along with some of the things that are necessary to do that some of the solutions right but um, I think generally the sentiment of let's not kill the only place we have to live is shared among... Yeah, I think if you, if you probe people, I think they would agree. Yeah, exactly. And I think Parliament is broadly of the same mind. So I think that's why I'm hopeful. I don't think the two are at complete loggerheads. But I do take your point that fixing climate change isn't going to be simple. In many ways, it's going to be harder than trying to leave the EU. And if this is how they've dealt with the latter, God only knows how they're going to deal with the former. Although, in the last week, there's been some pretty encouraging stuff on that whole political front, isn't there, all? Yeah, there has. Uh, and I do, yeah, uh, I wanted to mention this, and I'll come on to a, another broader point, as I want and want to do. But the things that have happened are the Labour Party have gone, we declare a climate emergency. In fact, they said, we declare an environment and climate emergency. Ah, because it's uh, a separate, separate thing. Separate thing. Have they um, done that not because they think climate isn't the environment, but to kind of say that they're not just talking about climate? I think so. Right. I mean, there is precious little detail about what this really means. Yes. There's, there's yes. some tweets. Can you point me at the extensive policy manifesto? Uh, sure. I'll just... Um, hang on, let me just click on it. I'll read it from start to finish. Sure. <clears throat> Labour has declared an environment and climate emergency... Labour. Labour? Yeah, well, there's a picture of their logo in the oh, bottom I left see, of, see, of that see, tweet. And it's, well, actually, there's a little drawing of a rose next to it. So, drawing of a rose, Labour. 
Uh, and I clicked on that thinking maybe that's hyperlinked to something else, just a bigger version of the same picture. So there you go. Labour has declared an environment and climate emergency. Right. Well, OK, so it's being slightly unfair because there's loads of councils around the country have also declared a climate emergency, right? 40-odd, I think, places like Bristol, that's yep. declared a climate emergency and smaller places and all. I think Machantleth um, in Wales definitely has. That's all right. where all the... Uh, yeah, sorry, that's me. I've got a bit of Wales caught in my throat. Um, and they and there's basically just local people, lo- local councils going, it's an emergency, right? Which is fine, you know, emergency, emergency. As friend of the babble James Murray pointed out in response to the labor thing it's, it's great that you're doing it it genuinely and let, let me be clear it is a good thing right it is not, i don't want to be a dick about it no. like the opposition going this is an emergency and challenging the government to yes. match that that's a good thing knowing for well that they won't and knowing for well that they'll do exactly what did happen which is Therese coffee who's the minister in charge of coffee cups stood up and amazingly. said amazing that's not actually a joke no, that is true that's true um stood up and said no we're doing loads of stuff bugger off right and they knew that had happened and then you blah 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 but what james murray said uh was yeah it's a bit of hostage to fortune that though because if you're gonna say it's a climate emergency, you better bloody well act as if it is. Like, so you want to be having weekly meetings in which you're talking about what the next thing you're going to propose on climate is. And you want to be setting out some seriously radical policies on climate. Otherwise, what you're doing is sort of denuding the term emergency. Totally. Um, And you need to stop doing some other stuff. And like, you need to go, yeah, we're not, we're not going to, put forward a policy on something because we're focusing on the climate emergency. Yeah, and it's easy. And see how that flies next time, you know, there's a scandal in whatever area something is concerned with. tragedies associated with this Brexit chaos is the huge distraction it is from other key priorities like the climate catastrophe. Just this week... No, we and earlier last week, Caroline Lucas, go back and listen to episode 133 for our chat with Caroline Lucas. Do and genuinely listen to that because she's... Awesome. She is awesome. And uh, Clive Lewis from the Labour Party, who's the shadow treasury minister in charge of green money stuff, Yep. Um, put down a bill calling for a Green New Deal. Yes. For a Green New Deal, a green transformation of our economy, creating hundreds of thousands of good quality jobs in constituencies up and down this country. <laughs> to the Honourable Lady, first of all, she is, uh, she should, I think, do more to welcome the action that this government has taken on this issue. Second yeah, I mean, this this smacks rather nastily of um, sort of grown-up, cross-party, sensible politics. Um, Which can be done, then. Somebody yeah. in one party teaming up with somebody in a different party. Without having to leave their parties to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, the Greens haven't sacked Caroline Lucas for doing a thing with Labour. Uh, that would... That would be a strategic mistake. I it? think that would be tactically naive. <laughs> yeah. um, but who are I? mean, I'm not a politician. What do I know? I don't know. I mean, look, the, I don't understand what the other option is. Politics is kind of the only show in town, isn't it? Like, it's venal, it's crass, it's... Does it have to be? People have been talk- looking at that Jacinta Arden over in New Zealand in a response to that horrible... Uh, oh, does it have to be venal there? and crass? Yeah. Mean, yeah, of course not. No. Right. It, could be, it can be inspirational and, and show leadership. And yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, that absolutely just game-changing way of like how to grieve, how to show leadership in a time of national crisis, how to be empathetic. Like, yeah, absolutely inspiring and incredible. And God, so many of our leaders would just get nowhere near that. But... Um, but that's kind of what I mean. Like the idea of there being politics is, I don't think, a bad one. Politics and politicians, like, and and they can do 
all the big things that need happening, like, you you know, some stuff that is going to be needed to fix climate change is going to require billions and billions and billions of pounds. And you need somebody in an important position in politics to say, yep, we can spend that. Go forth and spend it. Brexit is just a unique cluster of like very complicated thing being done under ludicrous time pressure without leadership probably can't be done by squaring all the circles everyone's trying to square. Uh, Therefore, no one knows what the hell they want to do. Doing precisely what we've done 18 times before is exactly the last thing they'll expect us to do this time. I was listening to an interview with that David Wallace Wells, who is everyone's interviewing him at the moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're trying to get him on the back. We're well, supposed we are, to be interviewing yeah, him. Yeah, we're in negotiations to get him on. Uh, we're supposed to be doing it this week. didn't happen. But it, we're, 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 you know, we hope to get him on. If it doesn't happen, it's Ol's fault. Yeah. Um, we, uh, and he was, I, I'd put on level with you. He's written this book about how everything is knackered, uh, the uninhabitable earth and it's pretty somber reading i haven't read the book i read the original article that he wrote and i had an interview with him on another podcast queued up and i put off listening to it for ages because i didn't want to be bummed out right and i listened to it this morning and weirdly it made me incredibly optimistic because his well because his basic point um is kind of similar to other points we've made on here before about fundamental optimism is that yes look stuff is really bad and could get really 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 bad but like stuff can change really fast still in a bad way as in climate stuff can accelerate, feedback, if, you know, all this feedback stuff, albedo effects, all of that kind of hoo-ha. Oh, play the uh, albedo effect music, Dave. Oh, you're so reflective right now. <laughs> shut up, shut up, I was making a serious point. Shut up. So much of your heat back into my space. In a bad way. Stuff oh, can get worse. Sorry. But you can also have feedback effects in a good way. In that America, we talked about Green New Deal just a few episodes ago, which has gone, like, since we recorded that episode, but, like, pretty much in political terms overnight, from being a thing no one was talking about to a thing every single putative candidate for Democratic election for 2020 says is a good idea, where Republicans, Inhofs, literal Inhofs, although not Inhoff, have gone from saying climate change is a communist plot to enslave us all to the Red Menace to saying, oh, we'll do a carbon tax then, right? Which is not, <laughs> which is progress. Believe yeah, me, it's progress, right? Pretty yep. much overnight, that has happened to politics, right? Just as pretty much overnight, loads of stuff happens. School strike? Exactly. Literally less than six months ago, uh, Greta Thunberg started on her own standing outside the Swedish parliament yep. on a Friday going I'm not going to go to school yep. and now what was it like, I think over a million children took the streets took to the streets collectively uh, on the 15th of March it's, yeah amazing. amazing amazing and that has had a political reaction as well I totally agree like, and we've got to cling on to that yes and I think we've got to cling on to that, like in the really boring sort of techie stuff that you don't want me to talk about, but I'm going to talk no, about. No, it's, it's, but but you know, like stuff. I, I do get a bit frustrated when in our little green world, people go, "Nothing's happening." Like the government aren't doing anything, politicians aren't doing anything on climate, and it's like, I just, I don't think we do ourselves any favors when we say that because it's not true. Stuff like, is happening. Stuff is happening. Uh, and there was a thing this week about the EU. Remember that? Yep. Um, it's uh, it's it's gonna is on track now to have halved its emissions by 2030 right the entire eu you mean from when it started not from now no from 1990 right which for some reason is the benchmark don't ask me why but half of them so like 50 percent of what they were a couple of decades ago 
And that is way ahead of target. And that is massive. That's hugely significant. That is a lot of warming that isn't going to happen, potentially. And going to say something else good. Oh, yeah, coal. <laughs> There's people writing this week about how the global collapse of coal is now seeming to, to, to take shape. Like, stuff is happening. And I'm not saying that this is all... Uh, well, certainly not saying it's sufficient and I'm not saying it's all the direct result of politicians doing or saying a thing. I just think there's this broader point which is that we need to recognise that some stuff is happening and we need to celebrate that and go now do 20 times, 30 times, 50 times as much and 50 times faster. Like, I think that's a better thing to say than, oh, you're all bastards not doing anything, none of you care about climate change because that just sounds like you're not listening. Hello, I'm Chris Packham, and you're listening to Sustainer Babble. Sustainer Babble of the Week. So, Sustainer Babble of the Week. This is a section where we call out some of the utter piffle that big brands or government ministers or whoever. Uh, spout when they're trying to sound green. And this is the thing that independently you and I both noticed yes. on our travels around Stinky London and its tube network, isn't that? Occasionally we do think the same thing. Occasionally, yeah, indeed so. Uh, this was, I, it was about, in my case anyway, when was it? Christmassy sort of time, can't remember, round about then. Yeah, round about then. Round about then. I was going through Ealing Broadway train station on the way to Brentford, the uh, finest football team in all the land, um, and I saw a big advert for, I can't remember, I'm sorry, down in front of me, can't remember, but it was like a anti-pollution face cream, yeah, or something, uh, something like that. And it was basically saying, "Oh, air pollution's bad, isn't it?" Well, it's- it was. It was, if I remember rightly, it was specifically talking about like the World Health Organization citing air pollution as the biggest killer of all environmental hazards. You know, using all of this kind of. Uh, academic-y, authoritative, science stuff that campaigners use to try and get action on air pollution. Uh, and what were they saying as a result of all of that scary, academic-y, science stuff? They were saying, buy this shit, put it on your face. Right. Uh, and that way, you won't get pimples as a result of all the horrible shit in the air. Now, to be clear, the horrible shit in the air, I think, does give you pimples. Right, I mean, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a dermatologist, as you know. Um, I do know that. I'm aware know. of that. Yeah. yeah. Should um, we go through a list of other things you're not? Go for it. Yeah. What else am I not? Uh, professional footballer. Correct. Or uh, indeed, amateur footballer. Amateur footballer. <laughs> um, poet. Actually, oh. is that true? No, you have. You are a poet. I just don't know it. Very good. Uh, and sous chef in a service station. No, I'm none of those things. Uh, what I am is an expert on babble, right? Oh, and uh, what I do think is even though there probably is something in it, the horrible shit in the air makes your skin go funny, the answer to the air pollution crisis is not this. We're seeing an increasing global demand for skincare, which counters pollution-related skin concerns, including dull skin, inflammation, sensitised skin, blemishes, clogged pores and accelerated ageing. That is uh, Dr Anna Persaud, Persaud, don't know how to pronounce it, who's the CEO of a skincare company called This Works. Um, and what she is basically saying is, yeah, a lot of horrible shit in the air. Um, spend a lot of money on our thing. Yeah. Clean your face up. But it's exactly, it's, it's, it's a thing which is called Evening Detox, that's her product, and it's basically clay, 
which you stick on your face. I understand this is how face masks work. I've never used a face mask. Uh, I thought that's where the rest of your facial hair went. <laughs> I was once asked at school uh, by my then friend, uh, not a friend anymore, why I kept waxing my face. But he asked it. He asked me it in front of a pretty girl. Very nice. I know I can be cool if I try. Thirty-seven quid. Yeah, I thought you weren't listening. Thirty-seven pounds. This. It's amazing how much you can persuade people to part with their cash when you tell them the result will be them looking prettier or younger. Uh, but it's. But the point is, as someone else points out in this article, even if it does work, even if it does magically get rid of the pollution, and I'm not convinced that Anna Persaud actually knows what pollution she's trying to get rid of here. It's completely. Uh, void once you take the mask off because then your skin's exposed and you can have more pollution. Oh, it's so silly. It's so silly. Well, no, old, because the Evening Detox Cleansing Water, uh, it's a two-part pack, this thing, which costs £37. Uh, the, it contains sweet almond oil, which decongests pores, while aloe vera gently removes all traces of dirt and licorice root calms end-of-day inflammation. Then you apply your Evening Detox Spray-On Exfoliant, which helps to gently resurface skin overnight with salicylic acid. Acid? Is that a word? That's made up. And its potent blend of antioxidants fights further free radical damage. And when we're talking about free radicals, you know there's babble. Right. So, um, now, the thing is, this is, this, can this both be true? Can this simultaneously be babble? Bearing in mind that, like, the entire industry of all this stuff is, like, a minefield of babble anyway. But also true in that, like, there is a lot of shit in the air and cleaning that stuff off your face, like, is a thing you can do. Like, that can both be true. Yeah, probably. Um... Although I wonder whether like having a nice base layer of pollution protects you from all the other pollution. Uh, <laughs> certainly, it's, the like when you, it's like when you're at a festival and you haven't showered for four days. Like by that point, you're not getting any. What's dirt the point? Yet. You've got a crust. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think yeah, I'm sure it is. It is possible that both things are true. I just think it's a very odd and disappointing reaction to the World Health Organization saying we're all dying because of air pollution. To go, oh, I better get that nice face mask then. Whereas I would hope that people might go, ah, oh, well, what's causing this air pollution? We should stop that. Oh, look, burning fossil fuels is causing this air pollution. I'm going to campaign wholeheartedly to stop burning fossil fuels so that loads of people don't die or have psychotic experiences, which is the latest thing that The Guardian's been writing about. What? Uh, yeah, apparently a lot of young people experiencing psych- psychosis is now being pinned on dirty air. Oh, great. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> that's the thing like maybe i'm just a curmudgeonly old bastard bastard yeah that's right who wants everyone to think like himself um and to be angry about the state of the world and he can't handle the fact that some people just want to make sure that they don't get pollution on their face and that that's probably all right but i don't know i just i would like a little bit of a better reaction from the cosmetics industry uh, than here uh, we can sell you something that will make you feel less icky this is what's going to happen isn't it right like the biggest thing to worry about with all of this environmental crisis stuff is not that people go oh my god there's horrible shit in the air that's giving me psychosis and oh my god climate change is gonna kill everyone and oh my god all the animals are dead and oh my god what about the ugly fish right it's that they don't do that they go oh right okay I'm going to clean my face now and get all that shit off my face. Or I'm going to like, oh, 
well, I don't miss those uh, polar bears that are dead. Didn't like polar, didn't know them anyway. And it just becomes normal. That's the point, right? And this is the biggest symptom here is that what worries me about it is not that they're being glib and going, here's air pollution, buy my shit. But, that, but like, that's kind of how we react to it. We go, oh, yeah, we're living in a bit of toxic soup. Oh, well. Uh, oh, well, yeah. oh, well, better All wash right. my face. Carry on. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think Lucy Porter put it best recently when she said capitalism isn't going to stop selling you stuff just because it's banned for you and that is why me you and the entire Babel army are going to bring capitalism to its knees Hooray! after we've gone down the football yeah, yeah and bought that cool new gadget from amazon and washed our face in half of the week So, Inhoff time. This is the section where we look at the bastards. Bastards. Bastards, a lot of them. People who have done awful things, like that senator in America, Jim Inhoff, who keeps banging on about how climate change isn't real because there's still snow. Yep, he attended a debate on the Green New Deal wearing a tie covered in little pictures of oil rigs. That's Inhoff. I mean, you've got to hand it to him. He's a good troll. He's, he knows he is an what, what buttons to press. Yeah, he's a massive in-off. Yeah. So this is a section where we look for people of his ilk. Now, people of his ilk in this country, in the old blighty, uh, this week include somebody you've probably never heard of called Partner Construction. Oh, Mm. That sounds like a new dating application. Yeah, exactly. No, this is a developer. Uh, they are trying to build houses and stuff. And the reason they're in Inhofe is because they went along to a field where they have applied, and I believe unsuccessfully in the end, but they've applied for planning permission to build a load of houses. And they found a hedge, and that hedge was where birds liked to nest. Now, there's rules about knocking down hedges where birds like to nest. So what they've done is covered it in netting before the birds what like to nest there start nesting there so that when the birds get there, birds go, oh, can't get in, uh, my home's not available, uh, and so they don't nest there. And so partner construction can go, look, there aren't any birds that nest in this hedge, and they can rip it down. That's it. Yeah. So, like, if if I want to knock your house down, yeah. Uh, that, uh, but I can't do that because you and Mrs. Ol and Baby, I'll live in it. Yeah. Uh, but if I nail up the door <laughs> when we're out, when you're out, yeah, and then leave it a couple of hours, I can then go to the council. Well, look, there's no one there. Yeah. No one, no one painly, no one lives here. That's basically what's going which on. Is, here. Which is true. Yeah. Because <laughs> you won't be living there. Yeah. Because I've nailed it up. We won't have anywhere else to live. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, that house will be empty and there's, you know, the rule says you can knock down empty houses. Yeah, that's what's going on here. But for birds. But for birds. And it's got the added complication of a lot of the birds. I mean, we're talking often about like swallows who have... Bird migration is just heroic when you think about it. Like they, swallows will fly, I think it's about four or 5,000 miles from Southern Africa to come to the UK for our summer. Coming right? over here. Coming over here. Sitting in our edges. Bloody lining up on our telegraph wires and, you know, being all summery and nice and whatever. Uh, yeah, they come over here, 5,000 mile journey, and they get here to discover that their home doesn't exist because they return to the same place of a lot of the time. Oh, it's not like an overnight effort, like, basically. So they're not in the country at some point, going off in Africa, getting their, working on their tan. Yeah. Then when they come back here, yeah. they've had their hedges netted up. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and That's uh, really in It's very in Also that you can then build houses where the birds were. Yeah. That's exactly. so in-hoffery. Exactly. And the added layer of in is that often these nets trap the birds. Uh, so either they get trapped trying to get into the hedge and die because nets kill birds, or because people don't put the, the nets up very well, they go, oh, lovely, a nice kind of quite well-protected little spot for my nest. I'll wiggle behind the, the net, go and sit in my hedge, and then they can't get out and they die in, in the net again. And it's it's just massive in Hoffery. And uh, anyway, there's a whole bunch of people who've been doing it, including Tesco as well. Tesco? Tesco did it. Uh, oh. Apparently, a few customers were complaining about being pooed on by birds. So uh, despite... Well, it doesn't seem like the best customer service policy. Uh, no, I mean, shitting on anyone from a great height is, is never... Not it's not, in, it's not, not in the manual. Not what a supermarket would do, is it? No, it's not no. what any supermarket would do, either allegedly yes. or in reality. Yes, apparently some customers were uh, were upset about having bird poo uh, on their head. Well, like just outside the shop. Yeah, so outside birds, the shop. Birds, birds making nest above roof, in roof, poo on people. Tesco get the AK-47 out. Exactly. Uh, well, they put the nets up. Put similar, up. yeah. Uh, and, um, I mean, it's, this is where they've been nesting for like four or five years. Eventually, because there was a bit of a Twitter storm about this, they uh, took the nets down and... Uh, Lo and behold, it was possible to just put some boards up underneath the nets, underneath the nests, rather, so that poo <laughs> didn't go on customers' heads. It's in Norwich, anyway. So we used to have animal poo on them, aren't they? Exactly. Um, Haven't seen Alan Partridge? Sometimes, like, whole cows fall in you. Hey, it's a dead cow. Hey. Look, I'm, as you can tell, I'm very ranty and angry about this. Oh, no, quite right. I just think it's, you know, just give the natural world in this country a break. Is there nowhere where we can't just gnaws up nature? And it's nothing kind of demonstrates uh, more keenly, I think, the different way in which people view nature, right? If you're a nature lover, if you're a conservationist, you look at a hedge and go, oh, wonderful habitat, like precious thing, like, you know, make sure that... Or you just go, there's a hedge. Or, yeah, okay, but if you're a nature lover... You necessarily lover, lose your shit looking at a hedge, do you? Okay, all right, bad example, but... Uh, oh, look at that lovely hedge. Oh, f*** <laughs> off. <laughs> Sorry for swearing. <laughs> Lower tolerance than usual today. Uh, whereas if you're a developer, you look at that and think, well, I want to put a house there. Like, that could be a collection of bricks and mortar that makes me a lot of money. What it also tells you, I think, is that, like, rules and technicalities are... Only, they'll only go so far in achieving your aim and you need to have a better conversation with people about some principles of, like, have let's try and... conversation... Fair, fair. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? You've got you've got to get everybody trying to act together in agreement that killing all of the sparrows and killing all of the natural world and ripping up all of the hedges is a bad thing. Look here, my cousin's a QC. Get in the back of the van! Things that went well and things that could have gone better. Right then, this is the section where we get marked on our homework. Yes. Um, we have a nice big red pen pl- applied to the babble. Uh, things that could have gone better and things that were 
brill bags. Yes. Uh, we've had, we've had, well, talking of nests, actually, uh, we have had some lovely emails uh, from lots of people. Two in particular we want to mention from Americans. Yes, back in episode 138, we talked about bog roll and we said it's Americans' fault that they're using up all the bog roll. Um, and we said, what's going on, America? What the hell are you taught? What are you doing with that bog roll? Stop it, right? And we got two emails, one from Noel uh, and one from Alida, basically explaining a great length, a couple of things. Firstly, that it does appear that Americans uh, use a lot of bog roll. That does seem to be a thing. And also proving that Americans are really, really funny and can do irony where they need to. Well, the Americans that listen to the babble. Yes, that's true. Probably not real Americans. Um, and we, rather than read them out, they're long. We'll bung them on our um, various social media things, you can have a look and then you can give them some love so that's nice isn't it all very nice yes and i just wanted to say we also had a a tweet from listener tanya ferry who listens to the last episode of Babel about recycling Um, and uh, we actually addressed her question in that episode with jules when uh, we talk about black plastic and can black plastic go in the recycling and she'd done a tweet and said so can black plastic go in the recycling then because she didn't feel we'd fully answered it perfect and he had one job Jules <laughs> you had one job mate um, to which I think if I can paraphrase what Jules was trying to say what the minister was trying to say ah uh, yes I think <laughs> what you heard him say was that there is no reason in principle why you can't recycle black plastic but the machines that do it basically don't recognise black plastic and so it just but they get sucked out of the, of the thing I understand it. The machines so, think it isn't plastic. Yeah, because it's, it's black. black. Yeah, and then okay. their, their machines can't do it. So I think that's what you were saying that, like, the plastic, what we were looking at, a PET thing, perfectly recyclable. Uh, if you put it into a recycling thing, it would recycle, but the machines that we use tend not to do that. Yeah. Got yes. it. All right. Well done, Dave. Well done, Jules. Didn't need Jules, did we? Not really. Don't get pressure. Sorry, it's I'm getting right. a bit pressure. No, he, did, he, he did say that, actually. He's not in coming back. He's not coming back. Okay, good. Terribly insecure. So that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you, Dave, for babbling magnificently. Thank you, of course, to the wonderful Dickie Moore for the music that begins, ends and intertwinkles this podcast. And to the beautiful and talented and funny and wise and very good at graphic designing, uh, Arthur Stovall, who did the logo, which is on our website and stuff, and on our T-shirts, which you can buy by going to our website. Thank you, finally, to my little niece, not so little niece anymore, Arabella, for reading out the babble so magnificently. You can get in touch with us. Oh, you can tell us what you thought of the show. You can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish. You'll find us on Facebook, just search Sustainababble, or we're on Twitter at the Babble Wagon. And... But you are getting confident <laughs> you, although I did notice you screwed up last week when I wasn't even there yeah well you were here morally looking over my shoulder what you can also do if you like the babble a couple of things firstly give us a five star review or if you think it's worth five give us a nice review on your podcast medium of choice and second uh, chip in a bit of cash won't you we are funded by the donations of the babble army what helps do things like make our website not rubbish um, thank you very very much to our latest contributors on our uh, crowdfunding thingy at www.patreon.com slash sustainababble thank you to Colin Reese, to Dan Pittman and to Ruben Carter what have chucked in some cash legends the lots of you thank you so much it is yeah it's really appreciated uh, the other thing you can do is just tell someone about the babble that's how podcasts get sort of known really and I think it's basically how most people know about the babble so just 
If you like it, just tell someone. Say, listen to this. Good. All right. Oh, well, I'm off to tell people all about your festering innards. What are you off to do? Lie down. Yeah, poor old old listener. He genuinely is suffering. He's a brave soldier. I am a brave soldier. Hardly. Do got... I get a sticker? <laughs> you... Well, maybe you could use it to cover up the rest of your face so that I can't just see a bum fluffy moustache peering at me over there. How old are you again? Bye. Bye. Bye.